Hello and welcome to Boundary Setting 101. Our first task, you might be wondering, ah, saying the word no, let's practice it together. No, no, I do not want to pick up the slack for someone else who did a poor job planning and couldn't complete their job and then I have to do the extra. No, I do not want to do that. I'm sure you can tell why I came up with this topic. (laughs) Um, I did start thinking about the difference between boundaries and barriers or walls and how that's different. Uh, There's different facets of our life where we can set boundaries and that we may need to set boundaries um, just to help with our either physical or mental health. And so getting started, I mean, saying no is a big step for some people. It's really hard um, for them to say no. I am one of those people um, because I feel like I'm letting people down. It's also really easy to talk me into doing something by saying that you need me. Um, Like feeling that I'm wanted and needed is an easy way to... um, guilt me into doing something or telling me like how uh, what a great job I do or how I can do it quicker or more efficiently or whatever you know it's that using those words of affirmation to speak to me that I'm like oh yes okay I'll do it real quick for you even though the responsibility might need to or already does lie on somebody else's shoulders um so let's start with the relationships I feel like that one's a little bit easier um to jump into setting boundaries within relationships. I think in order to do that, you honestly have to look inside yourself and decide, you know, what some of your non-negotiables are, what you're willing to stand for and what you're not, and being very clear about those so that you can communicate that to other people. I found a list on verywellhealth.com that is by Michelle Bruton Brooks. And she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so she gives uh, the different types of examples of boundaries. So the first one is physical, which is your body and your personal space. So we have boundaries with our personal space, whether, you know, we acknowledge them or not. An example that is given is talking about how um, some parents encourage their children to automatically hug relatives or give them a kiss uh, when they say goodbye, but this can promote having weaker physical boundaries. So giving them the opportunity to, you know, wave or say bye as opposed to um, touching them if that's not something that they're comfortable with. So already giving them some ownership over their physical boundaries. Then there are, of course, sexual boundaries, which include your intimate personal space, things that we've talked about before with your choices of what you want to participate in sexually, what kind of activities, um, you know, with what partners and what timing, um, the different ways that you show affection, um, ways that you want to be touched, and things like that. Intellectual and mental boundaries. I thought this was interesting. So obviously we have our own ideas and beliefs and thoughts and a healthy boundary is respecting that other ideas might be different than yours and also not being dismissive or belittling or invalidating other people's ideas. So that's a boundary that you might have is not letting somebody... um, put your ideas and opinions and things down, but that you encourage them to listen to you and what you have to say because you're going to be respectful in return. Emotional boundaries, your feelings, 
Um, it's kind of another one of those, like, however you feel is how you feel and how you are going to react emotionally is valid. Um, so setting boundaries with people if they're sharing information um, without your permission or, again, making you feel less than or um, talking to you or about you in a certain way. And then material and financial boundaries. So um, maybe somebody is pressuring you to lend them money or to give you something or to spend money or something you don't want to. And I think that one's one like you may have that friend who like doesn't have any financial restrictions. So they always push you like, come on, why don't you do this? Why don't we do that? Or, oh, it's not that much money. But if that's something that you are not comfortable doing, then that's a boundary that you have um, financially for yourself. And then time, how you spend and use your time. This goes in all relationships, jobs, um, and the different responsibilities that you have throughout your life. So when you're setting boundaries, obviously you want to think about what is your goal with setting the boundary? What is the need that you have for setting that boundary? And kind of just like with saying no, which can be about setting a boundary, um, but starting small, setting boundaries, it, it might be uncomfortable for you. It might be like just terrifying and anxiety inducing. Um, so what I would say is to start small and focus on one thing at a time. It's one of those things like you exercise it and you're going to get better at it and it's not going to be so difficult as time goes on. You'll get more comfortable. Um, you know, as much as you can, be clear and concise, again, about what your goal is, what the boundary is, and also not just for the people around you, but so that you're sure yourself um, with what your expectations are. And if you need help with that clarity, is writing it down ahead of time. So, um, you know, you can write down if you're going to have a conversation with somebody so that you can kind of practice it and you can even practice saying it if you're if that's something that helps you. And again, you know, working on keeping it simple. You don't want to get too detailed. It needs to be something that's easy um, to follow and enforce and provide feedback for. Um, some benefits of setting boundaries. Um, I'm going to go back to that article. So avoiding burnout. Um, doing too much for too many is an easy way to burn out. Setting boundaries can prevent burnout. This is what I am going to start focusing on, especially at work. Um, setting boundaries also can help have less resentment. So giving and helping others is a strength. But when it turns into doing too much for others, then you might begin to feel resentful. So setting boundaries can help you reduce and eliminate some resentment. And it's going to help you also find some more balance in your life um, for the things that bring you joy, that restore you, that bring you self-care. Um, and examples of setting boundaries with partners. So resisting reactivity. You want to set the tone for your talk, being calm. If you're coming in angry or agitated, um, or either partner is, then it's not going to be a successful conversation. Also avoiding saying you. Um, if you're sounding accusatory, then the other person's most likely going to become defensive. And I think it can be helpful if you can explain the why, you know, why you're wanting to set that boundary, how it makes you feel, um, maybe how it makes you feel when that the boundaries aren't respected. 
um, and that can kind of help you lead the conversation as well. Switching gears toward work boundaries, I found a article by Jane Hardy on ideas.ted.com, you know, like the TED Talks. Um, and she talks about some different ways to establish work boundaries. Uh, her first thing it says, understanding your worth. If we never feel as though we're enough, we can throw ourselves into our work to try and ascertain enoughness from our output, our usefulness, and in- indispensability. And I think that's understandable. Um, we have to not rely on others to give us our value, um, because if we're waiting for someone to acknowledge our value and our worth, it's never going to come. So that has to come from inside of us. Um, she said, understanding our worth and value means that we have an awareness and appreciation of our achievements and what we can offer. She says to be clear and concise when starting a conversation in which we'd like to assert a boundary, we can sometimes let apologies creep in. This is another one I was like, ooh, Yeah. When you say, like, sorry to bother you, or I hate to be a pain, Um, but she said this is an example of it's kind of priming us for a no or for them to be dismissive of what we have to say. Um, So being aware of how we're approaching people in that, like, it's part of your job, so don't apologize for asking for something um, that should be done in the first place. Being honest and clear with communication so that there's no uncertainty uncertainty behind our intention or our meaning. Manage and negotiate expectations. Um, we come into work with a job description and a contract of employment or a baseline set of mutual expectations. So we, we know what's expected of us. Um, and I think as time goes on, more responsibilities get added at work sometimes. So being able to have those conversations about, um, you know, if there needs to be more compensation for taking on more things, or if that's something that should be handled by somebody else's department or position. Um, if the expectations aren't clearly defined or understood, then everyone kind of ends up stressed out. So if you're unsure, it's better to bring up the conversation than to uh, make assumptions about it. She suggests, I I can't talk today. Identifying your non-negotiables, you know, thinking about what the things are that matter to you at work. Um, What are you willing to compromise? What are you willing to um, have those trade-offs? And where do you need to have that balance? And then this one spoke to me as well, um, talking about burnout. It says that drive, that tenacity, that compassion, that laser focus is not in limitless supply. We must cultivate it. And I think that's where I'm starting to get with on some work things. It's like, you know, you've been going for so long and fighting for so long and doing the extra for so long. And, you know, without the recognition or um, compensation or whatever it is that you're looking for, at some point you're going to get burned out. You don't have any more to give. Shane Smith in a Forbes article um, talks about the vicious cycle of unhealthy work boundaries. Basically, people infringe upon you, you sacrifice your needs, and then the expectations increase. And that's when you're kind of like, ooh, I do have ownership of that because you sacrificed your needs 
and then showed people that that was okay. So having poor boundaries often means you're responsive to other people's needs and expectations at the expense of your own. This leads to a loss of control over your own work and results, which is not only depressing, but it leads to even worse control over your boundaries. And so then that encourages people to abuse those boundaries even more. And then also their expectations of you can increase and lets them think that you are kind of available on demand to them no matter what the cost is for you because you become that reliable person despite what that means for your everyday work and what you're actually responsible for. I asked on Instagram what... Um, is the best advice you've read or received about setting boundaries. Uh, the first one was somebody said learning to say no. <laughs> Obviously, we've talked about that one. Um, someone said, no one is going to die if you take your time off. Use your PTO. And after I read that, I did read in an article somewhere that in 2020, I think that like 33% of Uh, PTO time wasn't used in that year which that seems like super high Um, just like you've probably heard that if you die the next day they're going to post your job like it all continues on it doesn't matter how amazing you are unfortunately we're replaceable and especially in the context of work and you know the grand scheme of how our world works Um, but use your use your paid time off it's there for a reason um I've mentioned this before if I mean it's not that often that I get sick knock on wood (laughs) um but I do take mental health days um in recent years because it has been much needed and I think we should encourage that a little bit more often too um or even use, you know, use those days to get stuff done that you haven't been able to at home because you've been so focused on work And then I like this one. Um, They said they were told only say yes to something if it's a hell yes. And I think that's a good way to think of it, too. It's like, oh, you might be like, yeah, I'll do it. But if it's not something that you're like, oh, yeah, I want to do it, then you're not going to enjoy following through on whatever it is that you're asked to be doing. And I also read another article, and I can't remember where it was. I'm all about the articles today. (laughs) Um... But it talked about quiet quitters and how that's becoming a thing also is you have kind of these people are getting to the point of burnout and then they like don't tell anybody but they start pulling back from what all they're doing so they're not going above and beyond anymore um they're not they're just not doing that extra it's very you know clock in clock out um and I think it's interesting that it has a name now, but at the same time, I can kind of relate because I'm like, man, I wish I could be like that uh, to an extent because you watch other people who may make the same money as you or more than you that do way less than you. Um, and they're just, you know, happy as a clam or complaining about life every day um, because they have it so hard. But <laughs> I, that's where I, I like... I'm out where I'm like, I need to reevaluate just what my focus needs to be and um, what the extra is that I'm taking on and what that's taking away from me um, as opposed to, you know, 
what's happening outside in my outside life like do I have an outside life um is it too focused on work and school and everything um setting boundaries with friends I think that's kind of hard sometimes too because you don't want to hurt their feelings um but you know you kind of have some of those friends that are super nosy that want to know everything and know all the details but then at the same time you're like okay but who all are you going to go tell that to uh so I think it's good to be able to, like, if you do tell something personal, to, again, be kind of clear about who who you're okay with them talking to about it and who you're not, um, or if it's something that just needs to stay between y'all. If you're feeling overwhelmed, I, I feel like I'm lucky in this um, instance where I have friends that I'm able to talk to my mental health about about and they can do the same for me Um, but just you know letting them know when you're overwhelmed and that you might need some additional time um, or that you might not be responding as much or you know letting them know that's not anything personal but that you're just needing to take some time for yourself Um, there's those one-sided friendships I think that's one of those where you just kind of have to decide um, you know if the effort's worth it for you um don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and if if they're not able to help balance that out then maybe that's not a friendship that you need to keep things about politics religion etc that you don't agree on I think that's one that you kind of you have to be uh very clear about like well we're not we're not going to talk about this like that might be a non-negotiable boundary that you have um kind of the opposite of the one well no that isn't the opposite that's the same like a needy friend somebody who's like super super needy who needs you all the time um and you don't again you kind of don't want to hurt their feelings because you want to be there for them but you might have to set boundaries of like hey if it's at like a level eight out of ten like yeah contact me but if it's like below a five and it's after 10 p.m like maybe I'm not gonna respond (laughs) um things like borrowing items also I think you just need to be clear or like when you you pay for things like do you are y'all gonna pay back um when do you want items back do you care um I think you do sometimes kind of have to think about those relationships with your friends as real relationships I mean that is a connection that you have with somebody and sometimes those relationships mean more to us than our relationships with our partners and um, I think you have to treat it with that same care and respect whenever you're communicating with each other. And going back to work boundaries again for a second, um, set time like when you know when you're home, you're home. I think that we can all benefit from setting hours where we're not concerned with work, and that's been a thing that I've been working on. Um, but the work's still going to be there and you're not getting paid for that time, depending on your job. You're not getting paid for that time, most likely, that you're doing the extra. Um, and I know there are some projects and things that are definitely worth it, but just on a regular basis, maybe set some boundaries um, when it comes to that to help you balance, have that work-life balance. And another thing that got me thinking about boundaries that I almost forgot was thinking about family. Um, I did a poll on Instagram about asking, you know, do you think it's okay to disconnect with a family member? And 48 people said, yes, there are good reasons to disconnect from a family member. And two people said, no, family is family. 
and everyone is entitled to how they feel personal, personally and their personal beliefs and opinions on that. My opinion is that there are reasons that you can, I guess if you want to word it as like cut off a family member, disconnect, distance yourself, or set um, rigid boundaries with a family member, um, especially if it compromises your physical safety, um, your mental health. I think that a lot of times family members get a free pass because, oh, they're family, but if they were anybody else, then they wouldn't have that pass. And I think a lot of that comes to, in my mind, um, when there's sexual assault in the family or um, just any kind of assault. And um, also, if they are um, mentally abusing someone, um, there's different aspects. So I think when it comes to your health and safety, that it is okay to cut those people off because if not, I think they can take advantage of the fact that they have that free pass as a family member. Um, so if you have made that hard decision before um, with a family member, I commend you for that because I know it's not easy, but you have to do what's best for yourself. And if you have children, you have to do what's best for them as well. Um, and if that's something that you're struggling with, then I would encourage you to reach out and talk to somebody else. There's plenty of resources where you can find support. Um, so I know that one got a little bit more serious for a second right at the end, but I almost forgot to mention it, which is crazy. <laughs> So if you know you need to work on setting some boundaries this next week, I am here to support you. I hope you can start small, get that practice in. And when you do have those little times where you say no, like those little victories need to be celebrated because it is hard to say no. Two little letters, super small word, very hard to say sometimes. So I'm here to cheer you on as you start setting healthy boundaries um, for your life, whether it's personal or professional. And I hope that you have a wonderful, fantastic, amazing, super stupendous rest of your week. And I'll see you next time.